All right, the Too Legit Show is back. We're recording this on a beautiful Wednesday, sunny afternoon in Los Angeles after some June gloom. And uh, Zach, my second chair, my co-host, the mate, is of course live in London. It's a beautiful evening in London. The hay fever is afoot. Zach, how you feeling, buddy? <laughs> it is. It is afoot here, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's beautiful over here. It's been it's been thunderstorms, you know, throughout the day. So. As you'd expect from London, nice and gray. June 17th is a major day in sports, Zach. I mean, I don't, do you know who OJ Simpson is? You got to know who OJ Simpson is, right? Of course. Yeah, of course, man. So, so June 17th, 1994, I was three years old. This was uh, what, 20 years ago, 26 years ago? OJ Simpson yeah. in the Ford Bronco going down on the freeway and. I mean, I know O.J. Simpson as the guy, as, the, as the, the double murderer, right? As the guy who went to court, he beat it, he went to jail, he got out, and now he's got the hottest Twitter on the Twitter sphere. He just gives football predictions. No football right now, so he's just playing golf and saying and talking about uh, murder and Black Lives Matter. And I, Who, who would have thought that O.J. Simpson would have done a complete full circle like that? But, uh, you know, people who know O.J. Simpson, he played football at USC. He won the Heisman. He was a hell of a football player. The dude was on TV. He was in these Hertz commercials. Like he was the first black athlete to be on uh, to be on television. Zach, like the first one to be like, that's my role model. And then uh, all that occurred. Then you have a, you have two different documentaries on it. The ESPN made a documentary. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's great. It's on ESPN. No, I've seen the one and, and the, the Cuba Gooding one, the remastered one, where they where John Travolta's in it. That oh one. yeah, that's the Cuba Gooding one. That's the one on FX. That one's really, really good as well. That's uh, yeah, that was all of it is phenomenal. OJ kind of made a comeback last what is it, a year ago or two years ago, but yeah, OJ Simpson, he led that chase and he didn't get shot. He didn't get killed. I mean, this they they they, they stopped the NBA Finals was going on at the exact same time between the Knicks and the Rockets. Okay, the NBA Finals was going on and they cut into the police chase. I can't imagine like if the Champions League was happening. And it's like Ronaldo or like flying down the freeway. Like I, that's, it's, it's, it's another level right there, man. Crazy stuff. <laughs> and I don't know that anything, any thoughts on OJ Simpson? Cause it's pretty crazy. OJ Simpson's a pretty wild character, obviously, but it's just amazing how his resurgence has happened. He's a fantasy football legend apparently. And that's all I got to say about the juice. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously not so much like people over here. I'm sure some people know about it. But I know in America, it was this huge thing. I mean, I didn't really know and until a couple of years ago. I didn't really know who he was, the whole, you know, ordeal surrounding him. But, you know, as I said, I've watched, I watched a couple of videos because, you know, they just pop up every now and again. And they looked really interesting. And, like, I've, you know, I've begun to, like, read about, like, find out through these um, TV series and vi- videos, you know, a lot of information about it. And it just seems like such a, a huge thing at the time. You know, like, he was so popular with his American football career. And then he transitioned into that whole with the police chase, you know, and it's stopping, which was, you know, insane. And what what I found a bit more interesting about that whole chase is that it wasn't even a fast chase. It was just a <laughs> casual, he's just pedaling along, you know, it just, it wasn't even, it, was just, it just seemed so casual. That's what made me laugh about it. And he just, he ended up just going to his house. Like he just ended up just going to his house. He's and just chilling, man. He's, and... just trying, he's just trying to get home. That's it. And, uh, yeah, so June 17th, pretty wild. That same day as well, Zach, I know you're a big fan of football. The United States hosted its first World Cup. That day it began as well. So shout-out to America, 
Team USA, they made a quick run. I forgot who won the 1994 World Cup. It was probably Germany, if I had a guess. I think uh, it was Brazil. Was I it really? I'm I'll have to check, Zach. But are you ready, Zach, for Amer the U.S., who didn't even qualify last time, uh, going to make a hot comeback because they got Pulisic, and they have a whole bunch of legends out in the Premier League and in the Bundesliga. And Brazil actually did win that, Zach. Good call. Uh, of course. I mean, look, I know my football history. You know, you can't beat Italy like in you penalty. basketball. I mean, you got to come at me in that, you know, some big things of that World Cup. Obviously, I wasn't alive at the time, but England didn't qualify. Right. I don't know if you know that. We weren't even in the World Cup. Wow. We were too rubbish. <laughs> and, exactly. And the opening ceremony of that, we you know, had this huge stadium thing. It was giant stadium. Diana Ross, she's singing. Yeah. And part of her performances, she steps up to take a penalty. And obviously, when you take a penalty, you're meant to score. The goal's incredibly big, bigger than usual. The odds are stacked in her favour. She hits it, completely miskicks the ball. It goes absolutely wide. She carries on like nothing has happened. It's ridiculous. You need to go see that video. Wait. It's the most stupid thing. And I'm as soon as she kicks up. it, you know, oh. as soon as you kick it, you know that America had no business hosting that World Cup. Absolutely no business at all. It was Tim Potter, as I like to I say. I think it. it was at the Rose Bowl. I thought it was Giant Stadium. Oh, no, it I was think at the it Rose Bowl. Oh, she sh hold on. Oh, she shanked this. Hold on. She shanked it. Oh. Awful. Hold on. I love the graphics, though. The graphics were, were, were popping. Yeah, the CD. The CD Oprah! Oprah was the maitre d'. <laughs> wow. And then Diana Ross, you're right, Zach. She came out in the red. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're right. It, this was in this wasn't in LA. This was like in uh, it was in Chicago. Don't wonder why Oprah was there. It was in Chicago, Shoulder Field, Soldier Field, home of the Chicago Bears. Zach. I mean, yeah. As I said, Brazil won that. I think that was a standout tournament for Roberto Baggio of Italy. He dragged them to the final, and it's that. I think it was 1994. I'm pretty sure on the top of, from the top of my head. He, he took them all the way there, player of the tournament by far. Crucial in the penalty shootout where Brazil won. He missed the most important kick of his life, skied it over the bar. Some people say that ball's still travelling to this day. You know, a massive, massive <laughs> upset. You know, he's, he's such a great player. But, yeah, that was a, that was a decent no, World Cup. I know it wasn't Zach, wave, Zach she shanked it. And then the, and then the goalpost split. And then know, he runs right through like the middle. Happened. That is phenomenal. Hold on. Now I'm going to go to the penalty shootout, Zach. You telling me who missed the kick? Roberto Baggio. From Italy, you'll right? You'll see his hairstyle. That, that, yeah, that like rat's ponytail thing. Awful. No wonder he missed it. It was that hairstyle. <laughs> Let me see. Do you remember if he missed it late or if he missed it like in the beginning? If you just type in, if you just type in Roberto Baggio missed penalty 1994. Let's see. Roberto. I was trying to up. watch the whole thing. Roberto. Nah, fuck that. Oh, yeah, it just knows. Thing. It heard you. Roberto Baggio penalty 1994. So let's watch Roberto Baggio. Um, this is my live reaction. Okay. Brazil's up 3-2 right now. He needs to hit this to keep it going. Uh, he has that hairstyle. You Bang him on. He's the player of the tournament. Player of the tournament. He's coming in hot. He kicks it. Oh, no. Oh, look at the haircut. Look at the haircut. The hair. That it's the hair, a man. Front roll. A guy in Brazil does a front roll. Clearly, he was doing jujitsu in 1994. They just mobbed the goalie. 
unbelievable Baggio completely missed it. I'm all about this guy who did a front roll. That is phenomenal. He should be a cheerleader, not a soccer player. That's oh basically the equivalent of, you know, Jordan, Jordan dragging the Bulls to the finals. He's got free throws in the last minute of overtime. He misses them. You know, the other team goes to the end of the court and scores and wins. That's basically the equivalent. <laughs> Wait a minute. So Roberto Baggio was that level in 1994? Of course, yeah. He was one of the best players in the world. You know, he had a, he had a great career in Italy to this point. It was Italian, obviously. Yeah. You know, Italy, like, they relied on his goals throughout that tournament to get them there. Brazil were, like, a better well-rounded team. But Italy, they had that player. They had the player to make them win, you know, similar to like Michael Jordan with the Chicago Bulls. Kind of like LeBron. He was that player. He dragged them kicking and screaming to that final. Wow. And, you know, if you had to put your house on it, if he would score the penalty, you would. But he, he missed it to, oh. to find his career. I need to find a, a, an equivalent to that because every time somebody dragged their team to the finals, they didn't just choke it out. I'm trying, you know, that's very... That's basically like, in a sense... Last season, NBA playoffs, Trailblazers versus the Thunder. If Damian Lillard misses that shot, that's basically that. But in the finals, yeah, but that wasn't to end. That wasn't in a game seven, though. That was a game five. You know what I mean? That wasn't like a, you lose the title. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, it's oh, it's heavy. I'm sure somebody will, will let us know in the comments. But that's heavy duty, Roberto Baggio. I did not. Ex if you had a bet that Roberto Baggio was going to make an appearance on the Too Legit show, I've got that knowledge. What can you say? That football knowledge, dude. That's cool. But the U.S. did good that year. I remember they be, they got to the they, didn't they face Mexico in the quarters or something? I don't know, but obviously host nation, you know, backstage politics. Wow. Yeah, that, that worked out for South Africa perfectly, Zach. Yeah, but look, but it was a, you know, it was, a, it was a World Cup to be talked to. Obviously, England weren't there, but... Listen, mate, you know. who, who cares? England never wins the World Cup. I, when was the last time England won the World Cup? 1966. Okay. Only time. Do you know when the last time Kobe Bryant won an NBA championship? 2010 on know. this day in 2010 zach lakers and celtics one of the craziest days of my life kobe's last championship he played terrible in that game seven he'll be the first one to tell you that zach he did not play good pal gasol won us that game like i'm on the team pal gasol won us that game he won us that championship ron artest hit a huge three-pointer kobe passing the ball you i sent you the post-game interview he was crying. He was happy. He was thanking everybody. Shout out to Ron Artest. And it was just unbelievable. I, they've shown that game so many times this year, Zach, because, obviously because of quarantine. They've had a lack of sports to show on ESPN and obviously Kobe passing away uh, earlier this year as well. So they've been replaying Kobe's last championship game so many times. I just It's so crazy seeing the different players that era. Rondo, who's now a Laker, was a Celtic at that time. Rasheed Wallace and Nate Robinson were getting finals minutes. It was uh, it was it was a crazy time. And, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Low scoring, super. It was like super low scoring with like nine minutes to go. It was like a 73-69 kind of game. It was like you'll that's like halftime scores now. So it was a very different slow slow game. Thank you, Pau Gasol, for helping win that title. Kobe gets the fifth one, Finals MVP. He rides off with five. Phenomenal June 17th. And Zach, you know what else is June, June 17th makes great? I don't even know. Tell what me. 
I was gonna say this, Zach. Did you even watch? Was there was there was there even basketball on television in 2010 in England? I mean, I'm sure on some channel, on some form of platform, there was. But to the extent, obviously, I wasn't into basketball then. As you know, my you know me getting into basketball has been quite recent. Right. But I, you know, I do. Want to, I think it's really interesting to note that the Lakers began the decade winning a championship, and they went out. You know, they ended that decade winning a championship. It was almost fitting for Kobe. I know the Lakers went through a bit of a stale period, you know, after Shaq left in the early 2000s. Essentially, a one-man team with Kobe. They didn't have, you know, the plays they wanted to get, you know, like, you know, with like Dwight Howell before people like that. They couldn't get people like Chris, Chris Paul, you know. So Kobe really had to carry the team. Plus, he was aging, and it really showed what a great player he was at, like Mamba mentality just carried them through and you know even though he didn't get you know even though that was Paul Gasol's game you know without Kobe they wouldn't even been in the final I'm sure yeah exactly I mean that's that's why your teammates are really 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 clutch I guess and it's funny they make that point Lakers won in 2000 and 2010 and if all goes right they're gonna win the 2020 as well so that's a very interesting thing I have the Lakers obviously gonna win it all and uh shout out to It'd be crazy if the Celtics, who have young legs, young team, with this brutal schedule, but they're about to play. I wonder if the Celtics can be a sneaky, uh, a sneaky winner in that. And have Lakers Celtics again? Yeah, no, the Celtics are. Uh, I for me, like for personally, and the Lakers now, won it in 1980. I think, right? The 1990 was the only one they didn't win. That was the that was the Isaiah. But yeah, I mean, if you if you ask me, I think personally, the the Celtics have got one of the best all round. Um, teams in the NBA. I think a lot of NBA teams have got one or two great players, maybe three if you're lucky, if you look at the Warriors. But I think the whole, like, the all-around team for the Celtics is is class. You know, there's a good, there's a solid, good, great player in every position for me. And I think that's why they're such a good team. And, you know, yeah, we'll see what happens with this with this tough schedule. But they, they've definitely got the players to do so. I know injuries have been hampering them recently and stuff like that. But you know, they're, they're in for a good run, I think. I, we're going to talk about it in a quick second, but I just want to point out that today the Premier League started back up. And I know Zach is super stoked. We got City and Arsenal right now on the TV. There was some controversy in some game. You showed me a picture. It looked like an obvious goal to me. I mean, I don't know how you can clear his day, especially if there's VAR in the Premier League, which obviously there is. Uh, how do you yeah. miss this, Zach? Tell me this. You just showed me this recently. What is it? This just happened. Yeah, so... What happened is the keep, so it's Aston Villa, Sheffield United. For even for those who don't know, Sheffield United were promoted last season along with Aston Villa. Aston Villa are in a relegation zone. They're fighting for their lives. Whilst on the other hand, Sheffield United are experiencing a really good season. Their manager, Chris Wilder, he's, he was a fan. He was a season ticket holder a couple of years ago. And now he's the manager of the club, which is insane. Wow. You know, they're, they're pushing for those European spots of top six. They're doing very, very well. They're especially doing well against the big teams, you know, particular teams like Arsenal, Man United. But back to this game, what's happened is, is um, the ball has gone over the line for Sheffield uh, with the keeper. And he's sort of brought it back over the line. Mm -hmm. And the rules of football, the AR, the whole ball needs to cross the line for it to be counted as a goal. And that has clearly happened in the picture as the Villa keeper has brought it behind the line. But for some reason, who knows, even with VAR in place, it hasn't been 
it has not been counted. And this also, he looks at the wider debate of VAR. Ever since it has been implemented, a lot of people have been arguing for and against it because it hasn't always made the right calls. You know, and it's really like, because at the end of the day, it is the referee's decision. There is a VAR control room, but the ref, it is down to the referee to look at the screen, take as much time as he needs and assess whether it's, you know, for or against. And, you know, he's got the VAR team in his ear to give him input, but it's the referee's decision. You know, I think there's, you know, I think VAR, there's ways that can be improved because teams like this, that Sheffield United pushing for Europe, that could have cost them, you know, their hope for European football next season. Look, there's only nine, ten games left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Premier League can't, you know, it's meant to be the best, richest league in the world. It cannot afford to be, you know, doing teams dirty like that. And it really, really needs to be regulated properly and carried out properly. But Wow. Uh, but at least you guys have games going on in empty stadiums. The NBA has built this bubble at Disney World in Orlando, right? So there's a lot of controversy going on over here in America about the NBA. Obviously, MLS, they're going to be the first ones to touch down July 8th. They have a whole process. They have all this other stuff. The NBA is doing it bigger than all this, okay? They're so, they got all these hotels rented. They've given everybody a 113-page handbook to, to follow. It's uh, I, I said all the stuff in the chat, Zach. I mean, look at all the amenities, right? They got the... They got all the amenities. They got the players' lounge, pools, barbers, mani pedis, VIP 24-7 concierge, ping pong, no doubles, movie screenings, uh, all this. And players can attend other games. Now, of course, there's a bunch of rules, obviously, right? That uh, players and coaches, no mask are required unless you're in the back row. Refs don't need to wear masks. Uh, the PA announcer doesn't need to wear masks. But everybody else has to wear masks uh, and there's a bunch of security checkpoints and a bunch of check-in points and testing. If you leave the bubble, you got to do 14 days. It's very strict, Zach. They are trying to do it locking down as tight as possible. Even though that area, Orange County, Florida uh, keeps getting cases and rises and cases and deaths. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy what's going on, which leads me to believe, which leads me to say this rather this Kyrie Irving uh, supporting not having a season, wanting to use social reform, willing to sacrifice season. There's there's a coalition of players, a small handful of players who are willing, who are saying cancel the season, they're willing to give it up so they can do social reform. Mello, Dwight Howard have, have chimed in on this as well. Uh, look, I, do what you want to do. If you want to play, play. If you don't want to play, don't play. I support whatever. I, I'm I'm all about supporting it, Zach. If you want to use your platform for something, go for it. Um, but I know that I know that the they want to get black owned vendors and black owned businesses involved in the NBA arenas and different things like that. If they don't play, Zach, if they don't play, the owners are going to lose $2 billion. The players lose $1.3 billion. It's a lot of money. The owners have uh, some sort of clause that sounds very French. Uh, I'll put the name on the screen because I don't know how to say it. They could rip up the CBA, and they're going to come back to the table, and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna come with a horrendous offer, Zach. They're going to come back. They're going to want 80-20 instead of 50-50. Going to completely shape and shift the whole NBA landscape in the future. So that's why I think there's going to be play. Uh, With some players who don't want to play, that's all good. I understand that. But the season is going to happen. Too much money is on the line. I do commend Kyrie for taking a stand um, and and going out there. Let's see how far he goes with it because he's been called out by other players and analysts about it. Uh, You know, he doesn't really use his platform like LeBron James has and all this other stuff. So, We'll see what really happens. We'll see how Kyrie is going to take this. 
Uh, but I'm all about social reform, Zach. And it, it seems like the NBA, who obviously is a majority uh, minority, it's a majority of a black league, right? It's mostly black players. And uh, I'm, I'm glad they're taking a stand and they're, they're using their power. And there's going to be a season. So I think everybody's going to be happy. And wouldn't it, isn't it the best to use that platform? You know, oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Apologies, but Manchester City are 1 0 yeah, up. I just saw it. Liam Sterling yeah. has just scored at the end of the first half. It's all good. I was rambling. It's all good. Perfect. The, the final score right now because, yeah, but. But, Zach, isn't it better to use your platform? Nobody else is. There's nothing else. Wouldn't you. Isn't playing games and being involved in games and playing six games a day, from what I'm hearing, using that as a platform stronger than not playing? No, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you, Lars. So I've got two points on that. So one, I believe that plays, if they want to, of course, you know, using their platform to have a positive effect. So in the Premier League, taking it back to the Premier League, Manchester United striker Marcus Rashford has advocated for over here in the country to students, you know, who are, you know, who are struggling like financially with their families, single parent families, people like that advocating for to uphold free school meals they don't have to charge with that Good. and that has indeed his you know advocation for it has pressured the prime minister boris johnson to uphold this so as we can see over here if athletes do stand out they have the power to you know shape what they want and to create you know their own goals and i really i do respect people like Kyrie saying and that they that they don't want to play and i think as you're right that, that is their choice but on to the second point, I, you know, I don't really know what, how that would work because looking with the UFC, you know, like people like now, now that he is, but like Stipe didn't want to fight because of the whole health issues. And, and Dana White has come out and said, you know, people, it's not like NBA where you're on a set contract of games you have to play. In the UFC, you can, you can choose to take a fight. You know, it's Dana White's job to give you three fights per year. But that's that's the UFC, that's MMA, that's completely different to basketball. And I don't really know how you know what the basketball laws are, but surely it is in their contract that they ha that they have to play all games. I don't really know or understand how it would work for them to voluntarily sit out games. Would that even be feasible? How would that work? You got me stumped, which is why we're going to have uh, an NBA expert and some NBA journalists coming on the show to help us with these answers, Zach, because there's got to, this is why I think if they don't play, this allows them to rip up the, the agreement because they're not holding up their end, right? It's very different where like baseball is, they can make you play a season and they, they can't force it. You can't really strike it with the major league baseball agreement. You can, they can say, well, you're having a season. You have to report, you know, and you got to take it or leave it, which is, which is obviously something we're going to have to talk about shortly. But, yeah, I'm interested to see the NBA. The first game back, I want to see how players adjust. It's going to be very weird. I hope everybody's in shape. Nobody gets hurt. They've already laid out the plans. Like, it's all how – it's like a campus. It's like a, a super crazy tournament, like, but all happening on the same location, right? It's like if the Champions League all happened in a bubble, right? It's essentially if they did the Champions League in a bubble. Agreed, yeah. It'd be, it'd be cool. It's like the World Cup in a way, but not as uh, international. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. But, Zach, we got to talk of some fighting, man, because my blood – I need to talk a little UFC real quick because I'm feeling hot about the UFC. Oh, me too. The sport is popping. Uh, obviously, boxing came back as well, but the fights, 
not too popping. Shout out to my guy, Adam Lopez. He got the victory last week. He's the NABF featherweight champion. So shout out to my guy, Adam, two-time guest of the show. He got the belt. But other than that, all the fights have been uh, very mediocre. Last night, major upset, though, which was good. But let's get back to the UFC because they're putting on phenomenal fights. The quality of the fights they're putting on is, as a whole, pretty good for what you can get. This past week's card, ooh, I don't know. I watched it, but that was like watching the uh, the Cavs and the Knicks right there, okay? It was like watching uh, another another different level, like watching something regional. It's okay. It's all good. Cynthia Calvillo got the victory, Zach. I know you didn't watch the fight. I watched it because there was nothing else to watch while I was enjoying dinner. I saw Jessica. I, she missed weight again. She's always going to decision. She lost this one badly. I, she had her hands raised. She had Jessica Evil Eye. She had her hands raised thinking she had a shot. No. I had this four, four to five rounds going the way. This was a wash. Shout out to Calvillo. She dominated in every aspect. And uh, she was the unranked. She was unranked in this weight class. She's moving up or moving down. Uh, she obviously looks like she's moving up because she is a tiny compared to Jessica Evil Eye. And she won. She dominated the number one contender. So maybe she should fight Valentina Shevchenko next. But I think Joanne Calderwood is, is, is supposed to fight Yeah, Valentina. it's, it's Cald- it was meant to be Calderwood, yeah. Shevchenko, yeah. and Vegas. But I'm not sure what's yeah, happening. That was that. supposed to happen June 6th. Obviously, it did not happen. Both girls are overseas. I believe Calderwood's from Scotland, right? From your neck of the woods, from yes. that area code. But but I think she, I think she lives and trains in Vegas. I may be mistaken, but I think she definitely trains in Vegas. Okay. So yeah, she's the last. So we got the last, and uh, and we got the, uh, the 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 Russian assassin Valentina Shevchenko. That's going to happen. But shout out to Calvillo getting the job done, and some fresh blood in that division. Zach. Any thoughts on this, on Calvillo? Because uh, the, weather's, the weather's been a bit mad right now. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's all thunder and lightning going on I outside. That was my, oh, wow. It's going down. But any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on the Calvillo and the division and who else, who's, who's next for Shevchenko? Yeah, so I think it's certainly, look, all this stuff, all the controversy surrounding Jessica I, I don't think that should be take, um, that should be discredit Calvillo's performance in any way. You're looking from it, as you mentioned, she was coming up a weight class, and not only was she fighting someone who was a weight class above, she knew, she even said in, in post-fight interviews and from Jessica I's previous history, that she would be fighting a bigger fighter than the weight classes. You know, with Jessica I, you know, she has missed weight a couple of times, and, you know, they were preparing for that. She, she certainly prepared well. She only has one loss on her record, so it shows what a good fighter she is, and you know, with this whole Jessica I thing, I mean, I like her. I think, you know, she, she, she's a great person. You know, she's a decent fighter. She's had not, you know, not great in her last couple, like five fights. Not a great record. But it's still a, a name value in, a, in the women's division in a sense. But right. as much as I like her, I mean, I can't. She's really shot herself in the foot with her comments, you know, on people who miss weight. You know, if you're going to say that, then you've got to make sure you do everything in your power to make weight. A lot of people have, you know, stated that she should move up a division, right. which I think she should do. But then she but fights Amanda Nunes, right? She does, but then, you know, she, she has that extra power. She has that extra strength with her. She's not going to be derailed by her weight cuts. You know, she, you know, I mean, look, I'm not a fighter, but I think if you're going to go into a commit to a weight class, you need to know what weight you are, you, you are at, how many weeks to prepare for the weight cup, you know, where you should be at. You know, if you're going to commit to it and you're going to say comments like that, no wonder she's got the stick for it. When she's, you know, replied, you know, to other people with hate, I don't think that's warranted. 
she said something and she hasn't delivered. She has a record of not missing weight. And, you know, I think she should be held accountable for that. And also with the um, another... Well, you feed her Amanda want... Nunes? You feed a man, you, huh? you feed, you feed, you feed, you give a man a Nunes some, fr- man, that, I don't wish that on anybody, man. I don't wish that I on mean, this guy. I think, yeah, I mean, look, with her, you know, I think that's a different story with, you know, her talks of retirement, but, you know, with the whole, I think it was a quarter of a pound that she was out of weight. Mm-hmm. And Cynthia Cavillo has actually gone on to say that they know it was more weight, that she weighed more than that, in fact, yeah, because of her manager yeah. contacting her about that. Because re- in reality, if you were desperate to make you shred that quarter of pound of weight off, you she could have cut her hair, she could have taken her face mask off. Right. You know, I'm not saying like she didn't try to. I'm sure she really tries to make that weight cut, but right. there were so many things she could have done. And this brings on to the question that if the management were lying about it and she had made the weight whilst being overweight, you know that that robs Cavillo of, of, you know, more of a fight purse. I mean, I think that's, I really think that situation needs to be looked in more. And I think the only way Jessica I can redeem herself is to move up and, and fight a bantamweight. Cause I think, you know, I think flyweight, I don't think my, from my opinion, there's nothing for her there. She's had a great, you know, she had a great, um, I think it was a four-fight win streak. Mm-hmm. Then she fought Shevchenko. Look, no one's knocking off Shevchenko. No. Maybe you've got Aspen Lad, maybe. But I think Jessica is like pays her dues in that division. I think it is her, the time for her to move up. You know, with her age, with her past couple of fights, with the controversy, I think the best thing for her to do is to move up and wait because I'm sure she can be great there. Wow, that is uh yeah, I've, yeah, I fucking I've, I rambled on that one. I started. No, it's good. I like but... it. You're getting more. You're getting more rambles in Zachary, young Zacharias. But this uh this card this week, Zach, at the Apex, another fight, another another fight night at the Apex. Looking on this, I'm looking at these betting lines, Zach. Every fight is pretty even, uh, except for a few. Every fight is in like uh, almost coin flips. Curtis Blades, monster favorite over Alexander Volkov, though. That is a big one. That's a big boy yeah. one. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that main event on Saturday, Zach. So I think both are incredible fighters. You know, they're very, very good. And we've almost seen we're, – we're seeing sort of a cycle with Blades. You know, clears out all the heavyweight contenders – Comes to Nganu before the title, loses, repeat. And, you know, I think, I really do believe, I mean, I, I'm going to pick Blades to win mm. and I'll get on to Volkov. But I really think it's Stipe slash DC, you've got Nganu, and then behind Nganu is Blades. I think a lot of, and a lot of people know he's good as well. I don't even think he's underrated. People are aware of his talents. And I think... You know, I, I do I do pick him as a favourite in this fight, but looking at Vol- um, Volkov, so I think it's a Volkanovski. Volkov, mm. he was he's a great fighter. I think he's also been overshadowed in that division. You know, he's obviously he's six foot seven. He's got a great reach. I think the fight that unfortunately most people know him was know him for was on UFC two twenty nine. He got knocked out by Derek Lewis, but you know people forget. He was winning every second of that fight. Got sloppy, got sloppy, lost. We heard the infamous hot balls comment. That was the up. You know, that's what I think that's what he's being 
seen as so far, but you know, he he's an incredible fighter. You know, he uses his range well, he's got great striking. But I, I see Curtis Blades taking him down and that. I think he's got the strength. And but what I do worry for Blades, let's say if he does win, it's hard to see where he how he progresses in the heavyweight division. Yeah. Because I do not believe that he is better than Garnu, and we've seen that. And you know, I think Ngannou is going to be the future heavyweight champ after this whole Stipe DC business, you know, has been about. Right. And where does that leave Curtis Blades? Because does he, what, what are his options? Does he keep winning against contenders, fighting Ngannou, losing? You, he can't do that. So I honestly think he's, he's a bit, he's in limbo in that division. You know, he's better than the rep, he's better than the majority, mm-hmm. but he's not better than one or two people. Does, does he want to be an, a number one contender for the rest of his life? Does he want to be someone like Dustin Poirier, where he gets overshadowed by the McGregor Khabib? You know, yeah. I, you know, I know I'm, I'm, I may be looking a bit into this, but, you know, looking past the fight, I mean, I think Blaze will win. He utilised that wrestling. But, you know, it will, it will be a tough fight. It definitely will be. But looking at, I want to look at the bigger picture of Blaze and, you know who knows what his uh, heavyweight career is going to be because I think he's he's an he's an immense talent, but I think he just falls short of people like DC and Garner and Stipe, and I think that will, uh, you know, that will derail his career a bit and overshadow him of the great fighter that he actually is. Damn. Well, I'm taking Blades as well. I think he beats Volkov decisively. Hopefully, he gets a nice finish. He can do a call out. And, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, it's those top three, right? And then it's he's right there. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, maybe maybe they do Blades and the Black Beast. The Black Beast can get through his fight next month as, uh, as well. In August, I think the Black Beast is fighting. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree I, with I you. I like that fight. Blades is just there. You know, we know what Ngannou can do. Uh, it's it's tough right now because he's – I don't know if he's stuck in no man's land, but he's uh, he has some fights he could have, though. I think he can have some fights. And then can build up to the to the Ngani, or else he's going to be like Josh Koscheck, or like a John Fitch, right? Like one of those kind of guys. So John Fitch gets a lot of name drops on this show, by the way. This is a random side note, but um, maybe maybe future guests. Future guests, John Fitch. Foreshadowing. But, but yeah, Curtis Blades. Other than that, you got Clay Guida's on the card. You got uh, Marlon Marion Renau and Raquel Pennington, which should be decent. Uh, Roxanne Matafari, who is an animal, who is best known for the Miss Little Miss Nice. She is the nicest human being ever, and she's best known to me as killing my wallet, beating Macy Barber, because uh, Macy Barber blew her leg out. So that was uh, that was not a good one, not a good one for me, Zach. No, I mean, yeah, as, I mean, she's so nice. I mean, I think on the day of that fight, she sent her uh, Macy Barber like a nice Instagram message or a text message yeah. going. Hope you're well, all of that. But I think you know a lot of people have been give, been giving stick to the to these um, to the past couple of UFC cards, especially the upcoming one and the Icavillo cards. But I have to say they're making the best of the bad situation. If you really look at it, maybe the name value isn't there. But you know, but before all this other sports is coming back, they were consistently pushing on events successfully, sticking to regulations yep. and giving us great entertainment. It can be argued that in this pandemic period, we've seen more entertaining fights than we have, you know, with some last year or, the, or before this pandemic this year. 
Dana has really stepped up. And even though the quality, um, you know, the, the name value isn't there, the, you know, the fight quality is there. Yeah, I was uh, the smaller cage. I think is awesome. Dana says it's an illusion. It doesn't matter. I think it kind of does help. It really, especially with those big boys. We're gonna see. We're gonna see a difference on Saturday with the big boys. Uh, you're right. They're only the only sport out there is the UFC and MMA and mixed martial arts. He's making it happen uh, with his budget and he, come hell or high water, he's making it happen. Look at what boxing is doing. Boxing is all mismatches and horrible fights, and I, I'm glad they're back. But the matches have not been quality. So look, I mean, it's difficult to do. And look. Uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, and I think he's just getting through these cards. He's filling these ESPN required dates that because he gets paid. Yeah. Because look at Fight Island. Look what's going on July 15th, 18th, 11th, 20th. All those, those four fights in, in, on Fight Island. It's going to be phenomenal getting all the international guys back in. He's doing it with a limited pool. Now that he's going to have everybody, it's going to be great. And looking at August, August has Yoel Romero coming back on the, on the fight, has the Black Beast coming back to fight, has Daniel Cormier and Stipe in a double retirement championship trilogy match. It's going to be unbelievable. So Dana is making it happen. Uh, these other sports haven't made it happen yet. And by the time the NBA actually comes back and plays the game July 30th, look at all the fights that the UFC has had by then. I mean, they would have completed Fight Island. Fight Island would have been done retired they're retiring fight island probably after the four events right so it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting it's going to be very interesting what the the, the yeah. landscape and all these fights khabib gaichi in september so you can't forget about all that man i think he he just had to get through this storm and he they're going to be fine and obviously with with masvidal and, and bones being angry with the money and connor being retired just let the gates come back and it'll be all good although he's he's even said that he will not do a 50 percent arena i don't know because uh, it'd be a lot of money there at the Raiders Stadium. You could put 100000 so you could put 50,000 people in the stadium, Zach. But that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I think one just little quick thing to add. I actually want to – I said previously in another video that, you know, the smaller cage actually helps for striking. And that may be true. But I think it also benefits the wrestlers. You know, looking at someone um, – when Sean O'Malley got asked about his next opponent, he said that he doesn't matter who he is, but if it was a wrestler – He'd want to go for that bigger cage because you know there's it's a more of a likelihood to be pressed against the cage. It'll be great for a, a, a Khabib type. I was gonna say, Gaethje even said it that he, Khabib uses the cage more than anybody to get takedowns. Khabib's like, give me small cage. Continue. Exactly, exactly, and that's also another factor of why I think Blades is going to win. He's probably going to push Volkov up against the cage. Yeah. Use the pressure to get him to there, and I think that's why he's going to get the win. Yeah, and uh, we completely forgot about uh, Poirier and Hooker next week, uh, the week after this. So it's going to be that's – a, that's a fun fight as well, a good fight. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, a bunch of fights. Speaking of fights, Zach, I know you don't watch baseball. We talk about it every week that you don't watch baseball, but this is the best fight going on in all of sports. It's the Major League Baseball owners and Rob Manfred, the commissioner. Does the Premier League have an owner, a commissioner? I don't think so, no. There's not a guy who speaks for all the owners in the Premier League? No. Okay. No. So in baseball, there's 30 owners, but this guy's kind of like the he's kind of like the public speaker of the of the of them. So he represents them in negotiations and all that other stuff. So it's the owners in Rob Manford versus the players. For the first time in the history of sports, Zach, the fans are on the player side. We're all we're with the the players want to play 70, 80 games, right? At a prorated salary which is decent. They want to have at least a, a season that's substance. When you play 162 games, Zach, 70 to 80, okay, that's, that's somewhat salvageable. You can really, you can, you can usable. It's a strike. It's a shortened season, 
but it's salvageable. The owners, they want to play 40 to 50 games at the pro rated. Okay, so it's half. They want to play a quarter of the season. Of course, fans are going to be livid. The owners don't want to take the losses. The, 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 obviously, they make more money in the playoffs and the postseason and the championships in the regular season. That's where the money's at. So they want a longer postseason. The players see right through that. And uh, it's, the, the, it's, it's so separate. It's, uh, and I got to say, Rob Manfred comes off as a doofus. He doesn't come off very smart, Zach, because the ESPN, they had uh, interviews with every commissioner in, in American sports. Roger Goodell in the NFL, Gary Bittman of hockey, uh, Adam Silver, the NBA, the WNBA commissioner whose name I'm forgetting. I'm sorry. And they had Rob Manfred, Rob Manfred, Mr. Doofus himself, Rob Manfred, who came out a couple days ago and said, I'm confident a season is happening. This guy comes on the air on ESPN and says, I'm not confident a season is happening. How many else can Rob Manfred take in an off season? Okay, Zach, let me break this down. This guy has a streak of L's. A streak of L's right now, okay? I'm sure he's a very nice guy. But as the commissioner of baseball, not bueno, Zach. No bueno whatsoever. The sign-stealing punishment, everybody got off. Players are mad at players. So he, he botched that. He called his championship trophy a piece of metal, Zach. What if the head of the Champions League called their trophy just a the piece of metal? He completely buried his own championship. And then he comes out and he says, I'm confident we're going to have a season. And then I'm not confident of having a season. Then he goes and just throws shade at the president of the major league of the players association saying it's his fault. They don't like each other, Zach. They, they bemoan to meet each other as much as possible. He's not a great public speaker, but the owners hired him to be a great lawyer, right? He was a phenomenal lawyer, apparently, before he was a commissioner of sports, right? So they wanted him for negotiating, blah, blah, blah. They need a freaking public speaker, okay? Because this is... Awful. The owners in Rob Manfred have dragged sports. They've dragged the sport through the mud, Zach. Through the mud. I don't know if fans can forgive this, okay? I don't know if this is awful with the sign stealing because my team got robbed of of two championships because of sign stealing, the Dodgers, back-to-back years. And on top of this, shortened season after we got this trade, there may not be a season. I don't know if fans can forgive baseball like like they did in 1994. I know. I don't know if you know. I think we talked about this a couple days yesterday or so. All fair that there was a baseball strike in 1994. And if you saw the Jordan documentary, you'd know there was a baseball strike, which is one of the reasons yeah, why he right. went back yeah, to baseball, right? So there was a strike in baseball. Back then, Zach, in 1994, you probably weren't even born. There was a lot less options. There wasn't Netflix. There wasn't Hulu. There wasn't the UFC. There wasn't these other sports. Baseball can come, could have came back in 1984 because they have all. there was nothing else to watch in America, right? basketball is more popular ML, everything else is more popular in 2020 so i don't know if they can come back they they came back from the four years from 94 to 98 because of the the 30 for 30 long gone summer i know we talked about it as well mcguire and so so that was the peak of baseball mcguire holding the bat like a toothpick looking yoked out to the gills hitting bombs sammy sosa the shoe shiner for the dominican republic launching bombs ken griffey jr the Michael Jordan of baseball, if he didn't get injured, he would have been one of the greatest ever. Still probably is. Hall of Famer, bona fide, but would have been Jordan of the sport. Most beautiful swing to ever happen. That was the highlight of baseball. Batting practice. I went to see batting practice with my dad. Mark McGuire came to town. He went out of the stadium, Zach. It was unbelievable, okay? It was – I don't know if baseball will ever reach that apex again. It's clearly not going to happen now with with, uh, with this madness. City just hit a penalty. It's 2-0 well, in yeah, the Premier League. Card as well. David Luiz sent off. And he, David Luiz got sent off. I'll have to see it as well. I'll have to see it. David Luiz plays on Arsenal, right? 
Yes. Oh, now Arsenal's down to 10, man. And, oh, here it is. Wham! He got the... That's a red card? Really? Okay, because oh, he went across the neck, right? He went across the neck. I mean, yeah, Premier League's more sanitized now. So, you know, you could get away with a lot of stuff 20 years ago, but now, you know, they're really strict on it. And it also depends What's on the referees. What's the league? La Liga? Bundes- I, I mean, cha- like, in England, you've got the Championship, League One, League Two... Yeah, I would say maybe the Champions League, they let people get, get any more. But anyway, Zach, that's my baseball rant. They completely failed their fans. They completely are failing in America right now. It's all bad. Every other league is going to come back before baseball. When baseball had the opportunity to be the first, they had the opportunity to be the first, and they blew it. So that, that's my rant. I don't know if there's anything that compares overseas to that because it seems like there's never been a lockout in European sports because they always make it happen because the money's always good. Who knows? 